Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He'll be back on Monday. There happy first incredible... day of spring, David. What's that? Or happy first day of fall, David. Oh, thank you. There was an incredible moment in Congress yesterday, Scott. You you had the heads of a bunch of banks testifying and far-left Democrat Rashida Tlaib, this Mensa member, started talking about climate change and whether or not banks are committed to stopping investments in fossil fuels. And in her words, like today, you want to stop doing it today, which would actually be billions of people dying. But that doesn't really matter to the climate change death cult that's out there. And again, it's one of those things like you can talk about the the planet warming or the climate warming and talk about ways to mitigate this. But the reality is, if you take it to the level of saying we need to stop investing in fossil fuel production right now, you are actually talking about a couple billion people dying in the next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here is this nut job speaking, and the, uh, the first response you're going to hear, I love it. It's Jamie Dimon. He's the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And I'm not here to just, you know, worship at the altar of big banks. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm going to sound like a fanboy a little bit, but I do like the dose of reality that this guy provides to this complete lunatic who is okay with a couple billion people dying because of her, well, death cult subscription. Do you know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our goal, global 2015 net zero targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit? Or 1.5 degrees Celsius. So no. That, that word is Celsius. Celsius. By the way. I like okay, how she's I'm going. Just... The science tells us. Oh, by, right, by the way, what's again. Celsius? It's a uh, uh, Celsius. Yes. Celsius sounds like a pill you'd take for erectile dysfunction. Yeah, or it's <laughs> number four Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> have you have you lost the spark with the misses? Try Celsius. Celsius. <laughs> Delivered in discreet packaging. It's uh, a topical. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, There's like right. 16 jokes that just yeah, popped know, into my I mind. Know, that I'm I know. Not I know. To share I know, right now. It's a family show, after all. Okay. All right. Here, here goes. Here goes the rest of her line of questioning, and then on to Jamie Dimon. New fossil fuel production starting today. That's so. That's like zero. So I would like to ask all of you and go down the list because again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products, Mr. Dimon? Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America. <laughs> Boom. I I like blunt talk in this situation because mm-hmm. again, I'm not worshiping at the altar of big banks or Wall Street honchos or whatever. But that is true, and it's not just the road to hell for America alone. You're talking about multinational corporations that these companies do business with. You're talking about a serious problem throughout the world. People think that I'm over-exaggerating when I say a couple of billion people would die very quickly. Uh, there, there is a uh, book, I don't know if, you, uh, if you've ever read it, I think it's called One Second After, where it's about what happens if an EMP were to be deployed over the United States of America, so all the power goes out, all electronics are instantly fried. 
And it goes through it in just painful detail what would happen here. And I know it's a work of fiction, but at the same time, you are relying on the reality of our dependence on things like electricity, which at the end of the day are built around fossil fuel production. I mean, first and foremost, if you're if you're a cancer patient, if you have diabetes and you're dependent on insulin, you're dead. You're going to die in months. Uh, if you are dependent on, well, a grocery store, you don't grow, grow your own food, guess what? That food that's left, that's going to be looted and gone pretty quickly. You're dead if you can't figure out a way to make your own food. I mean, these are real things, and that's not even talking about the impact of what it would be later on, or, or not only just later on here, but all around the world. Entire nations would be wiped off the face of the earth. But Rashida Tlaib is trying to score some points. Did you hear the follow-up, Scott? I did, actually, yeah. I'm glad you're playing this, yeah. Where she goes after Jamie Dimon with J.P. Morgan right. Chase for student loan debt. And suggesting people not do business with them. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not, and that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re- take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt, because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it. Uh, I'm not entirely what? sure what J.P. Morgan Chase has to do with the federally backed student loan process and crisis. Do you, do you, as far that as one, I know, that <laughs> one seemed to like all of a sudden we're we're taking an exit ramp here. I yeah. don't have any idea what that was. It's like Jamie Dimon has been outspoken against debt forgiveness for college loans, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're pumping more unearned money into the economy at a time when inflation is running red hot. People can't afford it. And you're not even asking anybody to change behaviors. The government lending program isn't going to change its behaviors. In fact, it's stepping on the gas to giving out more money. So, I, so that, but again, that has nothing to do with J.P. Morgan Chase. That has nothing to do with that institution or Wells Fargo or anything else. You know, they're they're not the ones who are uh, crafting a university system that keeps people in a cycle of debt with very little return on investment in most cases. They're not the ones doing that. But you have a, you have a, sitting, you have a sitting member of Congress who is telling people not to do business with you based on your, on, on how you, uh, or your opinion. Yeah. On whether you're not, you're going to loan money or not loan money. I mean, you know, he's not breaking any laws. No. It's just, he's brutal. Yeah. And you know, again, I think sometimes, it's like they advocate for this wild stuff because they know it won't happen. Yeah. Or they know it can't happen, but they're advocating for it. You know, it's like the yeah. guy who could have played shortstop for the New York Yankees, but chose to, you know, chose to go into woodworking instead because, right. well, you know, didn't like to travel. Yeah. No, I mean, right. No, well, man. And, I mean, and that's politics, though. I mean, it's kind of like it, after- it is, but it's like such a wild thing to say. Don't do business with these people. Yeah, because they... Because we disagree on, on our political point. Man. Well, well and I, I would point out, she's not appearing in person in this, in this particular piece of testimony. No. She's, she's on a Zoom call. Now, well, how the first, hell do you David. think that technology works? Do you think it's because of good right. intentions and windmills? Right, and your cell phone. And, yeah, right. By the way, good exactly. intentions and windmills, that's the name of the new James Taylor. Debuting on the lawn of the White House. Yeah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Dr. Anthony Fauci did an interview with The Atlantic, and he was asked about the many downsides of his recommendations at the height of, pan- of the pandemic. 
you know, the things like uh, record drug overdoses, the things like people being sent into poverty because of lockdowns, children being left behind because of school closures, uh, children with special needs being left behind because of never-ending mask mandates, things that he proposed that he pushed for uh, all along, and now he wants to kind of wipe his hands of it. I, we can't let him get away with that. No. No, no, no. You either have to stand by your recommendations or not. And he kind of did somewhat stand by it, but this is just about as tone deaf as I'd ever heard him. When you have a divisiveness in society where every time you say something, you have X number of people with social media immediately looking to attack it, that adds to the understandable confusion when you're dealing with an evolving outbreak. See, again, if you criticize Dr. Anthony Fauci or say that he said a lot of things that turned out to not be true, uh, well, you're just adding to the confusion of this. You're muddying up the waters. So in other words, it's your fault. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's yes, my okay. fault. It's your fault. It's everybody's just fault. Wanna, just want to make sure yeah. if we ever questioned Anthony Fauci, right. it's our fault. Right. So Got it. what you were saying specific to your question of course when you make recommendations if the primary goal when you're dealing with a situation where the hospitals were being overrun in new york intensive care units were being put in hallways you have to do something that's rather draconian and sometimes when you do draconian things it has collateral negative consequences ah so if you are worried mm. about inflation eating away at all of your money if you're in a situation like millions of americans are where you're having to open up new credit card accounts to pay for groceries if you've lost your business if you lost your job if you've been set back well guess what you're just collateral damage exactly because it didn't affect him right and anthony Fauci, or anyone he knows right anthony fauci the top paid federal government employee it's saying you should just take your lumps and deal with it because hospitals were being overrun. Even after the hospitals were not being overrun, he was pushing for these, in his words, and I kinda, I've come to kind of hate this word because it got overused, but draconian. Mm -hmm. He was still advocating for those things. Even after yep. the hospital system said, okay, yeah, we, it's going to be tough, but we can handle this now. And he never said, yeah, you know what, we need to open back up. No, 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 no. You don't get to just call people collateral damage okay you don't you don't just get to sit here after two and a half years of of wailing on the american public and say well you know what just take your lumps because it was a virus because some hospitals are, in new york were having trouble are we past the dark winter of death or is that still around the corner um i think they've given up on that one because that was okay. last winter uh, this, I didn't know if we were extending it to this winter or I, I, not. I, wasn't I don't sure. know. Maybe this they'll change the uh, the branding to like a winter where we're looking forward to a spring or something like that. This winter will give way to the rosebuds. Yes, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but but man, the really winter of near death. Th this guy can't get off my television quickly enough. No, gosh, no. I mean, this guy ought to be uh, well fired first and foremost. And never, never allowed to have any influence on public health measures ever again. Because what, he, what did he see people as? All, the, all of the destruction that his mindset led to is just collateral damage. And still, again, a bunch of people died from COVID. The answer Ron DeSantis gave us a few weeks ago. I mm -hmm. like to chuck that little elf across the Potomac. Right, exactly. And that lives today. Yes. <laughs> Little Elf Chucking on ESPN2. Yes. Let's, let's do yeah. it.
Uh, coming up, the governor of California is blaming Donald Trump for California hemorrhaging residents. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, California, they've been losing a lot of people, huh, Scott? Yes, yeah. lots of people. Yeah, last last uh, census, they well, they it resulted in them losing a congressional seat. I mean, they're they're hemorrhaging people right now, and we all yeah, know they are. why. It, well, of course, we know why. It, uh, why would you say? Well, <laughs> it's impossible to live there. Crime, taxes, insanity, pooping in the streets, mm-hmm. camping in front of your business. I mean, they've run people out of that state. They don't want to be there anymore. They don't want to be a part of it anymore. That's an easy answer, David. High Very taxes, easy. high cost of living. Well, all the everything, yeah. High energy prices. And what am I paying for? I mean, all those taxes, what's it going for? Well, sure as hell isn't going for any crime prevention. Well, it's, it's paying for people in San Francisco and Los Angeles to shoot up heroin. Right. That's, that's yeah, what that's a lot why, of this That's why I want to leave. Yeah. And most of them are heading towards Texas, Florida. Well, Gavin Newsom says the reason is oh, because God, of Donald guy. Trump. That's right. Uh, here is Gavin Newsom. This clown. Well, we lost about 182,000 folks. In the last, but century. how do you explain that <clears throat> against the backdrop of those very remarkable statistics you just cited? Um, many factors, and there's been two deep analysis that drives the number one factor. The most, the, the vast majority, almost the entire amount, impacted because of visa policies in the Trump administration. What? I mean, our formula for success is getting first-round draft choice around the rest of the world. I mean, we're as dumb as we want to be. This whole damn border debate is made up. It's made up. Where's Congress? Where the hell are they? They haven't done their job. What? What is he talking about? Uh, so you know, you had the Trump administration looking to rein in the visa process for temporary workers, but emphasis on temporary, right? That that doesn't actually explain why residents are leaving the state. That might explain why you're getting fewer people coming in. I guess, kind of, I guess, but not maybe. really, because I mean, there isn't a special visa program. That at, a, at the federal level, there's no immigration program that just says, yeah, we're going to uh, prioritize Texas over California. Somehow, Texas was able to overcome whatever problems there may have been in the visa program. But California uh, apparently was singled out for these temporary work visas and whatnot. It doesn't make any sense. But that, that's because this guy, again, he, he wants to run for president, and it's not going to be on substance. It's going to be purely on style. It is going to be because he's got the look uh, and because he, he attacks all the right people according to the left. Anywhere else, any other area of life, that guy would get laughed out of the room for an answer like that. So every idiot Republican running for office right now has got to make the campaign focus on crime. And the runaway crime rate and lawlessness that these guys endorse. That's the stuff, man. People are being affected by this. Actually, I saw a poll today. It's risen above, like, abortion and... Oh, yeah. And every, in terms of what people care about right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what they care about. Yeah. Well, and public safety and, usually is way above a lot of the... Uh, what, what people just kind of call the culture war stuff. I mean... 
uh, when you're talking about abortion, abortion is usually at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to what is motivating people to go vote. To what vote. do they care the most about? It's usually I mean, their personal finances and their personal of course. safety. Person, yes. Period. You know? Yes. Uh, education is always up there. I agree with you that crime needs to be something that every Republican runs on. I think Forefront. that the yes. incumbent governor of Texas, uh, uh, Greg Abbott, is doing a fantastic job of, I agree. of, of pitting... Uh, you know, or of, of making Beto out to be this defund the police guy and uh, and focusing on trying to get crime under control in high crime areas in the state of Texas. And I think more people need, need to do that, plus school choice. I mean, the reality is education has taken center stage. And when a guy who comes across as a uh, lightly used sponge like Glenn Youngkin can turn Virginia red... I mean, and that, that that came out harsh, more harshly than I meant it to. I mean, I like the guy, no, no, but he's I, not exactly a big charismatic character, right? No, no, no. But but he made it about education. Yeah, and he won, and he won because of that. Because yeah, and so yeah, education and crime; those are like the two biggest things. That I hundred percent agree be with you. Hundred percent. I, I wish they'd stay away from some of the other stuff and just leave it alone. Be yeah. done with it. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I mean, have you seen the polling on the border stuff? Right now, I like have with, not no. with with Governor Abbott sending migrants up north to New York City, D.C., and Chicago, and then mm-hmm. Governor DeSantis sending them to Mar- Martha's Vineyard. Uh, you would think, based on the media coverage, that everyone would hate it, right? No, for the most part, people are on board with it. It's not a solid majority; it's a plurality. But people are more likely to say that they are on board with what the governors are doing. Then not the only demographic college educated white women uh those that and then very young like eighteen to twenty nine liberals uh those are the most adamantly against it, but when like what uh, Hispanics were at like plus seven in this morning consult call uh, poll <laughs> yeah. when it comes to being in favor of shipping the migrants elsewhere, get them out of the border area and move them along. So there, I mean, that's it, man. That's it. That's your winning formula, that's right it. there. Yeah, and, and talk about what Gavin Newsom did with the pandemic, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we got Use more to that. get to. Uh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment looking for the root causes of why people want to leave Venezuela and come here. Mm, yeah. Weird how that works. Uh, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates again, making it more expensive to borrow money. They're trying to cool off the economy a little bit. The basic idea, as we've talked about for months, is to create a mild recession to tamp down on inflation. We'll see if it works. I don't know if we're in for the soft landing that people keep talking about. I think it's going to get real bad real quick. Uh, anyway, the chair of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, uh, Powell, he was uh, well playing the role of Captain Obvious a little bit, Scott. Yeah, I, I heard this you know, you're yesterday. Right. People are seeing yeah. their wage increases, their, their wage increases eaten up by inflation. So if, you're, if you, your family is one where you spend most of your paycheck, every paycheck cycle, on gas, food, transportation, clothing, basics of life, and prices go up the way they've been going up, you're in trouble right away. You, you don't have a cushion, and 
This is very painful for people at the lower end of the income and wealth spectrum. So that's what we're hearing from people is, you know, it, it very much that inflation is really hurting. Well, well no kidding. Well, yes, yeah. That's been going on for quite some time. Well, at least somebody in an official capacity admits it. Right. Well, yeah, because I mean, Joe he Biden... Did. I mean, I, again, it is the obvious, but for crying out loud, they've been hiding from this forever. Well, well it's not really a recession. I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, and, and even on Sunday, during that interview on 60 Minutes, or the interview that aired on Sunday, I should say, Joe Biden was saying, well, well, well think about it. It's just gone up an inch, month to month. Think about it, man. And even Scott <laughs> Pelley, who was carrying like 16 buckets of water for the administration, was like, you're not arguing that year-to-year 8.3% inflation is a good thing, right? It's well, not, no. You've got to put it in context, man, for real. And, and you're right. Pandemic, yeah. And you're right, Scott. There is something that is somewhat refreshing about hearing somebody who's I got know, their fingerprints right? on this admitting that, yeah, it's a problem. And that's Who goes, what, yeah, hey, wages are up, but it's being eaten up by inflation. So, really, then there's no net gain here at all. So. Yeah, because everybody in the Biden administration up to this point has denied that it was going to happen or said it wasn't really that bad. I'm just going to keep playing this montage probably once a week to remind people, never let them off the hook for this because they have lied every single step of the way. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. If you take out beef, pork, and poultry, we've actually seen uh, price increases that are more in line with uh, historical norms. We also believe it will be temporary and not long-lasting. In July, you said inflation was going to be temporary. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. The fact that people have jobs always contributes to an increase in inflation. It's confusing. This is a consequence of having an effective strategy against the pandemic. So the present economic plan, as we see it, is working. Well, the, uh, I think this is an aberration. There is a price to pay for democracy. Right. Well, it's Putin's price hike. It's all these other things, except now, uh, you know, you can look back at inflation and see that, well, it started really spiraling out of control after Joe decided to print a couple trillion dollars and send that out into the American public they just keep doing it i mean yeah we know what the problem is too much cash chasing too few goods this is a simple simple thing to figure out it is yeah but again they just keep doing it they just keep throwing money at stuff i mean every time you know it the the thing about this astronomical numbers don't even register in your head anymore Mm -hmm. if somebody goes well we spent four billion dollars on xyz you can think oh four billion dollars move on (laughs) yeah you know, I mean, seriously, this is where we are. It's when they say this type of money, seven hundred million dollars. You just go, oh well, that's nothing. That's, you know, that's inside the co- the couch cushions for crying out loud. Right. That that's a rounding error as far as it, the Biden it really. No, it, you're right. It is, and it's just frustrating because every single every single one of these people in this administration are always talking about the investments. Mm-hmm. That's all they talk mm-hmm. about. It's and again, inflation spiraling out of control. This is simple. Yeah? Yeah. But, no, we're going to get lied to about it over and over again. Well, of course we are. Uh, Meanwhile... It's the cost of of democracy. Right. Really? Yeah, you got to stand with your friends, you know? We we have to be involved in the war in Ukraine because you got to stand with your buddies, even though we weren't really standing with our buddies before that. No. Yeah. You talk about investments. They're checking in on Joe's investments in Ukraine. That's really what's going on here. She was. Meanwhile, Stacey Abrams, the Democrat running for governor in Georgia, just laid down another wild conspiracy theory. Uh, the topic was abortion. And, well, she says there's no such thing as a baby's heartbeat at six weeks. 
Golly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. This here is, is unbelievable. Here is Stacey Abrams. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sample designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Did you hear that? We Did made you up, hear that? Yeah, apparently there's this cabal of uh, men who want to control women's bodies, and so they have made up the idea of a heartbeat in a six-week-old uh, baby. Now, here's the thing. The interesting thing is this. That's actually something that abortion activists have been pushing for a while, because at six weeks, they say, the heart is not fully formed. So they don't call it a heartbeat. Instead, this is the actual term that they use, Scott. It's cardiac activity. Okay. All right. Now, what do we? What am? What am I surmised from cardiac activity? What does that mean? Well, it's it's not a heartbeat. It means so a heart's beating. No, it's not. It's like if I were to go and put one foot in front of the other and move down a hallway. That I'm not walking. That's just footwork activity. It is still contracting. The heart is still contracting. Yeah. In the process of development. Mm-hmm. Can we stop with this stuff? Yeah. By the way, that's not very scientific. No, it's if not. If we're following the science, you're not following it. Yeah. Stacy. Well, and anyone who's actually seen an ultrasound, or not an ultrasound, but actually has seen those scans early on, knows damn well that that's a heartbeat, man. I remember that was one of the only oh crap moments I had when my wife was pregnant with our first kid. Was we went in and she was about six weeks along and the and the nurse and the doctor were saying, well, we may not be able to detect a heartbeat, uh, but sure enough, they were able to de- to detect a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They called it a heartbeat. Well, your daughter's an overachiever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, if you want to argue, if you want to make the argument that you're pro-abortion because of this, this, and this. I'm okay with that. When we start throwing garbage like that at the wall, you, you get no traction at all. You're a laughingstock. You're an idiot. No, except the problem is, is that you've got people like Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post saying, well, a fe- fetal heartbeat is a misnomer, saying the ultrasound picks up electrical activity generated by an embryo, and the heart- heartbeat sound you hear is created by the ultrasound. Now, there's a doctor. He's a radiologist named uh, Pradeep Shankar. Uh, he, he writes for National Review occasionally. And he says, actually, that's completely wrong. Ultrasound only detects density and motion. It does not detect any electrical activity, uh, saying this is a scientific fact. And it is true that the valves in the heart develop later. However, the cardiac muscles that are located in the heart are contracting. They are moving inward and outward. That is how you define a heartbeat. Golly. If the beat, uh, if it beats the same as a fully grown adult, be- or does it beat uh, the same as a fully grown a- adult, heart oh well of course not we're talking early in biological development however the cardiac tissue is contracting which is literally what a heartbeat is to say otherwise is scientific misinformation and cannot be treated as otherwise but you're right scott i mean if if you want to argue about you know about why abortion is necessary till 10 weeks or 15 weeks or you know we can have that debate but the problem is for so long the pro-choice side, which has been getting more and more radical over the years, to the point where now they're actually talking about abortion on demand up until the moment of crowning, mm-hmm. that they, they realize that science is not on their side. 
And the more technology that is developed that can detect life earlier and earlier, that can detect... I mean, there was a big story, I don't know if you saw it today, it even made the Today Show, where they think that babies don't like kale or something like that, like in <laughs> utero. They said that they, they've been running these tests and they're, they're wondering if these babies can detect taste while in, your, in utero. And it's kind of a cute story. It's a fascinating yeah. story. It's an amazing story. But the people on the left want to tell you that's not a life. The people on the left want to say at six weeks, that heartbeat that you're seeing, it's not a heartbeat. It is, what was the phrase? Uh, cardiac activity. So that, they, they don't actually have the science on their side, which I think is why you wind up getting the Handmaid's Tale stuff thrown out. Oh, it's always the emotional manipulation that they go for instead of the actual cold, hard, hard scientific truth behind this. But yeah, according to Stacey Abrams, gubernatorial candidate, I mean, she thinks she actually had the election stolen from her and she was actually the governor of Georgia. But, uh, you know, she is actually out there saying that the idea of detecting a heartbeat at six weeks is not real. That it's a conspiracy theory. That is medical disinformation. We were yelled at by these same people for being science deniers. Right. Not following the science. People will die. We had to deal with that for... We're still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with it to this day. And science will tell you otherwise, Stacy. But you can go ahead and propagate the myth all you want, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, if it makes you feel better, if it soothes your conscience, then okay. Go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Golly. Uh, coming up, uh, John Kirby, the guy who used to be the Pentagon spokesman. Oh, I remember him. He's yeah. also thrown out uh, a new thing. He works for the National Security Council now in the Biden administration. Uh, and he says there is no wokeness in the military. Oh, my God. We'll show the receipts next. Oh, my God. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on assignment. Uh, now, John Kirby, you know this guy, right? He, he used yes. to be the Pentagon spokesman, was mm-hmm. with the State Department, now is a comms official with the National Security Council, uh, and he says there is absolutely no wokeness in the United States military. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it, but okay. Is there a rim shot after that? <laughs> he was, so he was speaking to News Nation about the current crisis that uh, pretty much every branch of the military is seeing in recruitment. And retention, of course. Uh, And whether or not things like critical race theory being injected into training, gender ideology, whether or not those things are hurting the cause of of recruiting and retaining talent in the United States armed Armed Forces. And, well, here's what John Kirby had to say. There's no indications of that. First of all, it's a bogus claim. There's no wokeness in the military. The military is by, and it should be, a diverse organization. We're supposed to represent and defend all Americans. And our diversity, and I've seen this myself firsthand, aboard ships at sea, the diversity of the United States military makes us stronger, makes us smarter, helps us make better decisions. There's no wokeness. This is a, this, they're driving a stake through a straw man. Uh, and we've seen no indications that uh, concerns, culture concerns like that, are having uh, an impact. On recruiting, I'll tell you what might have an impact on retention is the Dobbs decision. <laughs> Abortion, see what <laughs> Roe v. Wade being overturned—that's actually having a bigger somehow. That's being a bi- having a bigger impact on recruitment and retention 
of Does soldiers. he know Lloyd Austin? Does he even know the, him? Do well, they ever talk? D- does he ever talk with? I mean, I, he served and he's worked in the Pentagon. I mean, I right? Assume he's I know. I bet, to some people well, in the sure. Military. I mean, listen to Lloyd Austin for ten minutes. Yeah. Well, the the other thing is, and and this is one of the benefits of living in Military City, USA. Uh, is that I know a lot of people who are who are serving currently or have served, and I was just having a conversation with somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago about this, uh, and I won't say what branch he's in, but because I don't want to just out him or get him in trouble or anything sure. like that. Yeah. But one of the things that he does, he's served in combat, and now he trains people to go into combat. Th- that's serious stuff. But what he's been forced to do is sit through a bunch of seminars about critical race theory and about gender ideology and all of the respecting people's pronouns. And he is going to be able to retire in a couple of years. Uh, Very capable, doesn't need to retire, but he's going to be able to retire in a couple of years. And he's getting the hell out. Yeah. And he says, I hate it because I've really enjoyed my, well, enjoy is a loaded word, but you know, I I love serving my country, that kind of stuff. But he's like, I can't do this anymore. The, the bureaucracy is just pushing people down. And that's how you destroy uh, the world's greatest uh, fighting force, is well, by it, getting good people out and making sure that people who are interested in going in are given the warning light to not go in. And one of the most important things in the military, police, fire, rescue, is morale. Yeah. Is morale. Morality, and you're in a tough situation anyway. It's a hard job. It's a taxing job. And, and, and you need that leadership, that, that, that person that guides you through yeah. it. it. Not this nonsense about what I need to call you. Right. Well, I mean, remember earlier this year when the proper pronoun use video for the Navy was released? Yes, I do remember Here's this. this. I mean, Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. But what would I do if I... Uh, misgender someone. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. That is so helpful. Um, Uh, I want to know what would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns. The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay. So I should just lead with my pronouns and they may follow or not, and if they don't, then I can just continue to use gender-neutral language. Yes, exactly. No. Now, there's no wokeness in the military. No None. wokeness in the military. Yeah, and, and the stories I hear, because a lot of times the people pushing this are folks who are hired outside the military. So you're talking like college professors, activists who come in and try to make everybody feel inclusive, right? And even the commanding officers, even the people above the folks getting these lectures know it's crap. They know it, but they have to do it because they're told to do it. You got you to do this because we want diversity or whatever. No, man, I want, I, you know, when it comes to the Navy in particular, I want you to know how to, like, I don't know, uh, operate a boat. I would, like, I would like for you to know how to defend America from the water or the air. I would like you to focus on the things that you're supposed to be focused on, not learning about proper pronoun usage. It's absolutely insane, and yes, that is absolutely part of the problem with retention and recruitment. Yeah. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Uh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today looking for the root causes as to why someone in Cuba would want to come to America. You know, and that takes a couple of days. It's I'm real, just saying. It's a real head can't, You can't get done in a day. You need two days for yeah, that, at not, least. Not, not really sure. We think we've pinned down the root causes of why someone would want to come from, like, Guatemala to America. Well, but, it, but, one of the and multiple choices, one of them because they can. Yeah. Okay, just uh, want to make sure. Nicaragua now, we need to figure out why people would want to come here from Nicaragua. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, and Venezuela. wait a minute, what did you say? Nicaragua. What? Oh yeah, the White House <laughs> press secretary calls yes, it come. Nicaragua. Yes, I just want to make yeah. sure we got it right. Okay. Nicaragua sounds Agua. like a new uh, like hotshot yeah. uh, prospect, middle linebacker, being heavily recruited by the University of Texas. Or the seven to midnight jock on the hot hit station. <laughs> I'm Nicaragua with Wagua. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking speaking of the border crisis, I I love this. Okay, so everyone's favorite socialist, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, is talking about the people uh, fleeing a country whose political system she actually kind of likes. Like when you're talking about Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, hey, we need to encourage unchecked migration because, well, we're just not, our birth rate in the United States isn't keeping up, so we need them to be basically walking incubators for babies. That's right. This is, this is, uh, they don't hear themselves, do they? No. They, anyway, here, here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about the migrant crisis. There are quite a few countries that are really struggling because young people, because under the burdens of capitalism and under living under a society that's increasingly concentrating wealth among the rich, we're not having kids, and or we're not having kids at the same rate. And we actually need immigrant populations to help balance things out. We can't continue to fund Social Security, Medicare, all of this stuff without immigrants. And it's always been that way. Don't act like this is some new trend or anything like that. So th- she really doesn't hear herself. No. When she says that. Because one, you're saying what that, that these immigrants need to come here and they need to be allowed to stay because we need their tax dollars. We need to use them as basically indentured servants in order to fund social welfare programs. And our birth rate's not keeping up. So instead of actually trying to promote family, to promote to have a government program that says, hey, we're, we're going to make sure that it is not a burden to be married with children and that there is no incentive to be a single parent. Instead of actually thinking about those things, she just says, we need to create a permanent underclass of people who stay here and fund Social Security or become walking, you know, again, human incubators, basically, to restock the pond. Right. For all these people yeah. who keep talking about Handmaid's Tale, that's literally mm-hmm. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> the it idea is. of creating and, and, and bolstering a permanent underclass to provide children, that, 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 that is actually closer to, and I'm, I'm so sick and tired of the whole Handmaid's Tale thing anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's like liberals, watch a different TV show, read a different book. Come mm-hmm. on, I'm begging you. Figure out a better analogy here. 
It's like your average liberal, it seems like, has only read Harry Potter and The Handmaid's Tale. It's crazy, because that's all they ever reference. But anyway, yeah, that, that's, the, the AOC thing is hilarious to me, because she doesn't realize how dehumanizing that really is. No, because what she's saying is migrant, mi- migrant women are, need to just pump out children. Yes. That, that's not really loving. No, it's not. Or equitable, in my it, mind. It's also not loving to just say, we want you here just for the financial benefits ha- of the government. Right. Yeah. That's it. Period. That's where her mind immediately goes. Yeah. So that, that's, that's one side of the debate here as, as, it, as it rages on because of the border crisis that has just reached historic levels under one Joe Biden. Meanwhile, uh, the New York State Attorney General Letitia James has uh, filed a lawsuit against Donald Trump and his three kids, or three of his kids, uh, claiming that he lied about the values of his properties and all that stuff. It is interesting that this is not a criminal probe, that this is uh, she's referred uh, the, the case and the matter or whatever they find to the federal court system, but she herself is not actually prosecuting. This is a lawsuit. Uh, so New York Attorney General Letitia James, she's suing Donald Trump, three of his kids, and this is like this big deal in the media. I know you 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 uh, raised the flag on this one. It's uh, CBS Mornings today that yeah. we're talking about yeah. this. Yeah, one of their legal experts, Ricky Kleiman. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this live, yeah. Talking to us about how serious this really is. It is very serious, and it's serious for two reasons. Number one is she has given referrals to the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office. She has given a referral to the IRS. And all of this material is out there for other prosecutors to grab onto. The second reason is she is looking at what she can do to stop Donald Trump, his family, and two other people who work with him. To, she's stopping them from working. It's like the death knell of the Trump organization because the bans that she is looking to have enacted by a judge are to stop them from doing business in the state of New York. 250 million in retro, retribution and a ban for five years on operating in New York City. As well as a life ban hmm. for any of them from serving as a director or an officer. Yeah. This isn't what the justice system looks like. This is absolutely politically motivated. I don't know if you saw. Did you see Tucker last night at all? Uh-uh, no. On his show, he played her her campaign oh. message when she was running. Yeah. She made no bones about it. She was going to get Donald Trump. That was part it, of the messaging. Yeah. If her, not the thrust of the messaging. The, the entire premise of her campaign was, I'm going yeah. to go and find something wrong that Donald Trump did. And, and and make sure we convict him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I have a piece of audio from the it, campaign. It's, train. it's insane. This is a person who's running for office. Yeah. All right. And she's yeah. she's talking to a left wing activist about why people need to go and vote for her. Yeah. People who say, "Oh, I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference, or I'm just one person." I say one. I say one name. Donald Trump. Should motivate you. Get off your ass and vote. Will you? Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're gonna definitely sue him. We're gonna be a real pain in the ass. He's gonna know my name personally. I love it. Yeah, that's not justice. That's not what justice looks like. No. And I don't care if you like Trump or hate Trump. 
Doesn't when you matter. have somebody who has the authority to go after people criminally or civilly, who is saying before she knows any material facts, I'm going to be a pain in his rear end. Right. I'm going to sue him for you. So vote for me. That's a problem. That's a yeah. big problem. I mean, remember when everybody wetted their pants over Donald Trump? It was in 2016, the debate of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton was saying something, and like, I can't imagine what blah, 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 blah. She was saying something, and he interrupted her and said, because you'd be in jail. And everybody, like, freaked out, right? Oh, you're talking about jailing your political opponents. Oh, you can't mm-hmm. do that. That's, that's not who we are. That's not America. Everybody, everybody who was freaking out about that is suddenly very, very quiet about an actual attorney general of a large state running a campaign, winning that campaign, winning election on the premise of going after a president or now former president of the United States. It is political retribution, and you know you don't have to be the biggest Trump fan in the world to know that, to see that. Just listen to her. She'll tell you. He was removed from the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, too. <laughs> that is in her jurisdiction, so yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why not? It is Cooperstown, after all. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I want to just cleanse the palate here. This is some fun audio. I love this audio today. There is this guy... He's on a conference call at home, and he totally loses it when he notices a squirrel in the room. He's got a baseball bat. <laughs> this is great. And he chases the squirrel around with a baseball bat. He jumps up on his desk, too. Yeah. The, the audio yeah. of this is hilarious. And I think for the purposes of town hall... Wildly swinging in the bat. <laughs> it never connects with the squirrel, by the way. Well, no, the bat I don't know what the out. final conclusion of that was. Yeah. I, I don't know if he opened the window and the squirrel I went out the window. The I don't know. Got out, but yeah, but he's that's yeah. going to live in infamy. It's only a matter Dude of time before somebody out. somebody puts that to like metal music or something. Yeah, I, I want animal, an, animal rights activists will be up in arms. <laughs> oh please, squirrels are evil. <laughs> Everybody knows that. I uh, The only thing I can relate this to, and maybe you guys have heard me tell this story before, but it's a quick one, but with wild animals. But it was, I, would live in, I was living in an apartment complex at the time, and there was a community dumpster, one of those huge things. You took yeah. your trash out to it and put it in there, and then once a week they come and get it. So I'm taking my trash. I got two bags full, and I got my keys in one hand, and I flipped the, the, the open, open the, uh, the top of it, and this raccoon runs from one end to, towards me. And I freak out, and I throw the, the trash cans in there. My keys go with it. Oh, man. So the keys in my car are in there, in the dumpster, with the raccoon. So I go back in the house really quick, and I get a golf club. And I start to, I, I start to pull them up the side, the keys. Yeah. And the, the thing comes running at me again. I drop it. Now the golf club's in there and the keys. So finally, so finally I call animal control, right? And I lived in, like, a wooded area. And animal control comes out, and they get the little, little things that wrap around their snouts, yeah. you know? They pull it out, and they let it go, and it flies into the woods. I was never so scared in my life when I first saw that thing, because I thought, man, these are like rabies things, too, right? Because if you see a raccoon during the day, it's probably not a good thing. No. 
No. Although he was hiding in the in the dumpster, so I don't know. Well, he just he didn't wanted get a chance to sample what I had in those bags until he was removed. <laughs> well, Gosh, I, dang you know, you, you've got a legendary taste for tube-tied meat. He knew something <laughs> yes, good yes, was coming yes, I do. his way, hey, all right? Hey, well, they all need snouts and knuckles in their diet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, coming up, uh, new polling that shows people are more likely to support governors busing migrants than to not support it. Interesting turn of events here. We'll get to that much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is on special assignment. We've got new Kamala Harris audio, Scott. Well, the, now. It's the vice well, president I'm... talking about the border crisis with Vice News. And I, I need a minute. But it's very clear and succinct, though. Well, well, listen, uh, if you're wondering what she's doing right now mm-hmm. about the unprecedented surge at the southern border... Well, here's a little sneak peek. We'll get to the whole audio right. in the next 10 minutes. But okay. here, here's a little sneak preview to good, wet the appetite. Wait. All right, I want to okay? hear it. Yes, all right, yeah. good. I'm in charge, for example, of, of, of coordinating a, what we call a root causes strategy. What are the causes of people leaving? Yeah, yeah, we, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at She's the root causes. She's still co- selling that? <laughs> well, even the White Does House. Does anybody is, believe that? Somebody needs to like coordinate between her and the rest of the White House because the White House... The new talking point is all these people are showing up because they're fleeing communism. Yes. Sounds like we know what the root causes are. It's Where are we at on that project, by the way? Well, that, that's a good question, and we'll try the to get to the root causes project. It's been going on for months. The root causes project. Boy, that, boy, that sounds like some obscure supergroup, doesn't it? Or a miniseries. Or the, yeah, that's true. It could be that, The too. Root Causes Project. It's, it's interesting, though, and I want to use that as a, as a segue into this that I saw from uh, Politico and Morning Consult. It's polling on governors like Greg Abbott, uh, Governor Ducey in Arizona, Governor DeSantis in Florida, uh, busing or flying migrants to D.C., to New York City, to Chicago, and now to Martha's Vineyard. Um, and you would think, based on the media coverage, right, it's like overwhelmingly negative. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's a plurality. 40, 42% overall think it's appropriate. 41% say inappropriate. 17%, I don't know, I got no opinion. So it's basically tied there. You get into, <laughs> the fascinating part is you actually get into some of the demographics here. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly. Like, pretty much every demographic is more likely to say, yeah, that seems appropriate. Uh, the only exception to that would be college-educated women and uh, hard leftists who think it's inappropriate, more, more likely to say it's inappropriate than appropriate. Now, Hispanics, because, you know, the Democrats have been trying to say, see, this is what people think of Hispanics. No, that, that's mm-hmm. not how this works. Because right now... It is 41 to 35 when it comes to appropriate versus inappropriate Hispanics in this poll from Politico and Morning Consult. Wow. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really me either. If if you actually talk to Hispanic Americans. Well, well, yeah, because one, the Democrats want to call them breakfast tacos, or at least the first lady compared them to breakfast tacos. There's the whole Latinx thing that nobody likes. they didn't like. Yeah, nobody likes that. No, uh, except for again, idiots in academia, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the other part is, uh, and I just this is anecdotal purely, but 
there are a lot of Latinos I talk to uh, on you know a weekly basis who will kind of say over the years. I mean, they've said this. I'm really tired of outreach to Latinos always being around illegal immigration. Most of us are not here illegally. You know, most of us no. are actually here legally. A lot of us were actually born here, believe it or not. But to always say we're reaching out to the Hispanic community by talking about illegal immigration is kind of insulting to a big group of people. Uh, it's it's kind of like the conversation I had a couple years ago. with It was during the George Floyd riots with one of my neighbors. He's a black man. And he says, you know, I'm kind of tired of every time a politician reaches out to the black community, it's about prison reform. He says, I've never been right, to prison. Well, yeah. and I don't plan on yeah. going to prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. It just kind of it comes across as insulting. Uh, and we'll be getting to the Kamala Harris audio uh, again in just a few minutes. Um, oh, uh, someone asked Reddit to name annoying things people do to base their whole personality around. Like, number one was being a sports fan. Like, everything is about sports. Everything goes back yeah, to I sports. Suppose. Yeah. yeah, your job was another thing. Your, your job is your entire identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, politics, yeah, and I, you know, we talk about politics for a living, and I, I, I can't really do politics, guy. Like, if I'm at a barbecue, I want to talk. Well, yeah, I, know, yeah, I want to talk yeah. about sports or something yeah, I, else. I, you know? I, yeah, very rarely want to yeah. talk about any of this. Yeah, know? I get that, or the generation you're from. Uh, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, I think we're actually going to get around to it here, is uh, Kamala Harris talking about the border crisis that's been going on on her watch and what she's doing about it. And it is top shelf grade A McGurkin. I guarantee you that <laughs> it is a lot of fun uh, to go through this audio. And I think right, I'll have I can't it, wait for this. I think I'll have it condensed enough because I don't want to play a 10 minute long clip. That's why there's been this delay, by the way. No, we got it coming though. It's got coming. A few minutes to kind of kind of find some of the highlights here. That's so right. We'll be talking about that. Also, the governor of California says it's Trump's fault that so many people from his state are moving to Texas. Uh, and CNN ran a story on banned books, and interestingly enough, they wouldn't say what those books were. <laughs> we'll talk about it next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today looking for the root causes of why people want to leave Honduras. And it's only taken two days. I don't yeah, know no. if it can be done in that length of time. Oh, it's taken Kamala. What? She still hasn't figured it out. Right. So. Still hasn't. Uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, did an interview with Vice News. Uh, and she was asked about the border crisis. And I, I actually like this question a lot from the interviewer who says... You know, can you understand why there are people frustrated with the border crisis? Can you understand this? And, and what do you do about it? Uh, here, here's, I think, part of the question and her answer. It's not a monolith. There are, very, there, there are a variety of components to this. One is the fact that under the previous administration, oh, God. they decimated a system that was designed to address immigration. How? Exactly. What show, are you talking about? Show your work on that. How exactly yeah. did they do that? Just say it. Because because it seems like uh, the number of border crossings is like, what, quadrupled in the last two years? Or really the last uh, year and eight months or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's really 
picked up quite significantly. So obviously it wasn't anything the Trump administration did that that is to blame for this. They can never show their work. They just say that. They did well mm-hmm. they decimated the system. Ugh. And that's why all these people are showing up. Ugh. So we get a lot of work to do. And she keeps going. And so we have been spending in the last eighteen months we've been in office spending a an incredible amount of time and work and resources to reconstruct that system. I'm in charge, for example, of, of, of coordinating a, what we call a root causes strategy. What are the causes of people leaving? Um, we have now raised $3.2 billion there we go. to help the folks in those countries stay. And, and obviously that's not working. No. So your ideas are terrible. And at the end of the day, you can talk about different programs to try to make sure that, you know, these failing governments are propped up or whatever it is that the plan is in the end. You can talk about that all day long. But the most important thing, job number one, is slamming the door shut at the border and saying, no, you're not going to come in. And what the Biden administration has done is rubber stamp asylum claims. I mean, really, if you wanted to, if you wanted to wrap your hands around this, and you wanted to really try to stop the inflow of people coming in and stop border towns from being overwhelmed and not even people direct not even just cities directly on the border i mean in san antonio texas there's an overwhelming problem with you know you're talking 500 people or to 1000 a day needing a place to sleep where do they go the streets of El Paso, obviously El Paso is on the border. I mean, they've got hundreds of people sleeping on the street every mm-hmm. night because there's nowhere to put them. If you really want to get your arms around this and tackle this, step one, you're, you are going to suspend the asylum process altogether. And I would like to see that done for a year. You say, we are not going to process any asylum claims, period. Because the asylum process is different than a refugee crisis, or d- different than a refugee program you just say no you show up here claim asylum you, you might as well be you know charlie brown's parent it doesn't mean anything right mm-hmm. we're just going to hear wham, 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 we're going to send you back if that's to mexico if that's to guatemala wherever wherever we can land an airplane safely we're going to land it and you're going to be there you're not going to stay in the united states of america we're going to suspend it for a year and so we can process the claims that have already been made we don't have room we don't have put these people And by continuing to just rubber stamp asylum claims and send people on their way or send them to the streets of El Paso or San Antonio or Houston, uh, all you're doing there is encouraging more and more people to make that deadly trek up to our southern border. You're killing people because of this. And so you have to just slam it shut. I don't care about root causes right now. you got to tell people, no, if we catch you, you're getting dropped off on the other side of the border, period. But they won't do that. Well, no, no, you also notice in that clip that she does have a dollar amount, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Again, she's just throwing money at stuff, and, and these guys do this every day. Right. Every day it's like $10 billion, $30 billion, $600 million. I mean, I, honestly, it, you just, you, it makes your head spin after yeah. a while. Yeah, because we've never sent foreign aid to an unstable country before. No. That's never been tried before. No. Yeah. Golly. Yeah, it is frustrating. Uh, meanwhile, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, I think, uh, I think Ron DeSantis had it right that his hair gel was affecting his brain. 
Oh, it sure is. Somehow. So he was doing this event, and he was asked why so many people are leaving California for the state of Texas, right? Because after all, California, there, that's, that's heaven on earth, right? That's a place that they've got everything figured out in their state politics, and, and the policies are working and everything in Texas. I mean, just the, according to Joe Biden, you know, Texas is just chock full of Neanderthals who don't really know how anything is supposed to work. They're, they're the right. unwashed masses that we don't care about, these mega-Republicans. And yet the people are voting with their feet. They're leaving California in droves, and they're winding up in places like Texas, like Tennessee, or even Florida. Uh, and so he's asked, you know, what do you think is, is to blame for this? And anybody who's paid any amount of attention can tell you what is to blame for this. It's because state policies have ruined people's lives. It's, it's not sustainable in, a, in large swaths of California. It's hard to afford to live. Whereas in Texas, it's not as hard to afford to live. But Gavin Newsom blamed Donald Trump. Well, we lost about 182,000 folks in the last... But how do you explain that <clears throat> against the backdrop of those very remarkable statistics you just cited? Um, many factors, and there's been two deep analysis that drives the number one factor, the, almost, the, the vast majority, almost the entire amount, impacted because of the visa policies in the Trump administration. I mean, our formula for success is getting first-round draft choice around the rest of the world. I mean, we're as dumb as we want to be. This whole damn border debate is made up. It's made up. Yeah. Where's Congress? Where the hell are they? They haven't done their job. But even the work visas thing, I mean, one, you don't need a special visa to work in Texas. I mean, it's not like the Trump administration said, no, in California, you're not going to be able to do this, but Texas will. That, that, it makes no sense. Also, people who are enrolled in any sort of temporary work visa or something like that who would be working anywhere in the United States are not generally the people who are sneaking across the border. Mm-hmm. So that's a complete lie, too, what Gavin Newsom just threw out there. It's astounding, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, of course it is. I mean, none, but I beat my head against the wall because the narrative's been formed. They stay with the narrative. They don't come off of it, no matter how ridiculous and stupid it sounds. It doesn't matter. So they must have enough people surrounding them or supporting them to continue on with this stuff. Right. I mean, I don't know how long, I don't know what the span is of how long you can continue to blame Donald Trump for, your, for the problems. No. Well, to them, it's unlimited. I mean, how long, how long does this take? How long do you go on with this? I, I think they're going to do mean, it for years and years until DeSantis or somebody else becomes But we're president. losing residents because of this, Yeah. right? We're not because of me, but because of this. Yeah. I, I mean, you've, take out longstanding issues uh, in the uh, state of California when it comes to their government, and just look at the last two years, one of the reasons why the migration out of California has ramped up so much is because of COVID lockdown policies. Yes. My, my kid's school is Of course. Closed. I can't go to work. You know, I, that is a huge part of it, and that begins and ends with the state government. With Gavin Newsom. And so, yeah, that, and so it's, to say that it's Donald Trump's fault, I mean, that, it's yeah, just, just delusion. Yeah, well... Again, make him own this. Uh, I mean, make him own it. Yeah. Because he deserves every bit of it. Yeah. I mean, this guy's an empty suit. He's, you know, he's terrible. That's another thing. Presidential hopeful, Gavin Newsom. And maybe you said something about it the other day that was accurate. And today you said it too, I think. Yeah. He's a nice looking guy. 
He, he's got the look for it. He absolutely the look, has the look, the, the look no of somebody who could be president. Yeah. But outside of that, when you peel that that off, I yeah. mean, there's nothing there. There's nothing substantial about this guy at all. Yeah, I, I, I think, all. he's a failed governor. Yeah, and and I think the thing that will work for him the most is that he's got the look. And if he were to run for president, whether that's in 2024 or 2028, most of America will not know about the the massive failures. And I don't think he would be exposed as much. But I, I I'm reminded a little bit of of Beto O'Rourke. A, a bit. The guy who yeah. is now run, the Democrat who's now running for governor of Texas, probably going to lose in November, as he should. But remember, when he was running against Ted Cruz a few years ago in the Senate race out of Texas, he was a hot commodity. People thought, okay, this guy could be the real deal. And most of that was because he had the look. Because he's a decent looking guy, you know, he, he could come across as having some youthful energy, yada, 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 all that stuff. And it was really close between him and Ted Cruz. Now, he had the benefit of, of running against one of the most polarizing figures in politics today, which is Ted Cruz. I mean, you either like him or you hate him. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But it was close. And then the presidential campaign really exposed him for the doofus that he is, for the spoiled doofus that Beto O'Rourke really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now at this point, there were some people thinking when he got into the governor's race, in Texas that he'd be able to give Greg Abbott a run for his money. I know polls are only polls, and the only ones that really matter are the ones that happen on Election Day, but it looks like he's going to get shellacked. And I think that the, the thing is, is the presidential look wears off over time. When you expose yourself on the national level to be a complete moron, it does hurt you in the end, because voters aren't that stupid. I'm tired of these guys, too, who have no accomplishments in their lives. Right. They don't have any. They can't personally look back at something and went, here was, I was successful at this. Yeah. They can't. Well, I mean, Beto O'Rourke married well. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Gavin Newsom is Eskimo brothers with, uh, with Don yeah. Jr. Right, exactly. Both so, I mean, it's were, just yeah, this whole... <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's one of those but weird I, facts that I don't think should be true, that, no, that no. he was with Kimberly Guilfoyle, who... And then wound up, she wound up on Fox News, and then she wound up being with uh, Donald Trump Jr. It's one of those weird things that sometimes I have to double check it to make sure I didn't make it up or I didn't have mm-hmm. a fever dream about it. Mm-hmm. But that is true. That's a it's a weird connection. Anyway, but well, yeah, they, she started playing in the big leagues, man. When you get to the big leagues, you don't want to come out of the big <laughs> right. leagues. You just go to another player. Right. That's you go all. To another player, yeah, yeah of right. course, yeah. Simple. <laughs> uh, CNN ran a story on books being banned in American schools. The interesting thing is they never actually talk about the content of the books being pulled in question, which is very telling. We'll have that story much more. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie, Mark- uh, Jamie Markley's <laughs> on special assignment. He'll be yeah, back he's... on Monday. Uh, Solving the border crisis. He is. Yeah, he is. He's finding the root causes. Yeah. That's right. Uh, CNN did a story about books being, quote-unquote, banned across America. And, of course, we're we're talking about school curriculum. We're talking about K-12 through schools that we have found out uh, are promoting uh, books that are pretty scandalous. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about, like, Harry Potter and witchcraft. You know, you're talking about very graphic uh, sexual content. That probably is not appropriate to be part of the curriculum or in the school library. 
but it's being framed, of course, as this evil thing that conservatives are doing. Oh, these conservatives hate gay people and black people, and that's why they want to get these books out. They'll never actually show the content of these books. Because if their audience actually knew the content of these books, they would say, okay, actually, those, those parents who were ticked off, whether it was in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, whether it was in Virginia, uh, okay, actually, those parents have a point. If you actually were to see what the parents have a problem with. But anyway, here's Jake Tapper, one of your favorites, uh, on the banned books. Here. The original haircut, At least 50 groups are fighting to ban books in U.S. schools. That's according to Penn, a nonprofit literary advocacy organization. A new report from Penn says these groups are fighting to ban material related to race and LGBTQ rights and critical race theory and more. Yeah. Okay. Then he brings on this dude named Jonathan Friedman. He's with the organization Penn that uh, Tapper referenced there. He's a left-wing activist who's fighting against the tide of parents who want to have some control over what their kids have access to in school. Uh, here is what this guy had to say. You know, in district after district, we've been tracking book bans, efforts to remove and restrict and diminish access to literature for young people. And the trends are very clear, that LGBTQ books, books that touch on race and racism, or books that have any kind of sexual content, you know, whether it's a book, a young adult uh, a work of fiction that has a couple kissing or a, a book teaching a young person about puberty is on the chopping block and it's the same books being targeted everywhere. Now, parents do have a right to get involved, have a voice, bring wow. their concerns to teachers, to librarians, to school districts, but increasingly we are not seeing any kind of regular processes being instituted in response to those demands. Someone demands a book is removed and they don't want it maybe for their own child, but immediately that book is taken away for everybody else. You yeah, can't run schools that way. It's not really working that way in a lot of places. But, uh, again, they, they don't want to show their receipts on that. Um, I like the way they frame everything. Yeah. People kissing. Well, it's just people kissing. No, it's not. That's all. Remember well, this? Of course it's not. It's from a while back. A mom was at a school board meeting and wanted to read a passage from one of the books that was on the reading list. Yeah, I remember this. And, yep. and the school board, and this is not the only time this has happened. This is just the first one I came across in the archive. Uh, but yeah, the school board shut her down because it wasn't appropriate for a public meeting. Excuse yes, me. Yes, you are right. Excuse me. Yes. We have children at home. <laughs> I know It's live streaming. What and, is that? And it's really not appropriate. Don't you find the that. irony in I'm that? I'm not hearing anything. You're exactly <laughs> saying exactly what I'm telling you. Well, so she's yelling at the school board meeting. Uh, and the school board uh, president mm -hmm. is yelling back, hey, this is inappropriate because there are kids in the audience. Well, there are kids right. at She's school, reading from the passage, right? And she's yeah. reading um, from yeah. the passage, like, yeah. graphic sex scenes. It's not, it's not just people mm -hmm. kissing, okay? So, but that's what they always want to boil it down to. It's like, show the pictures. If right. you really want to defend it, then defend it. But this is kind of like Stacey Abrams going out the other day and saying that, you know, there, uh, the, the idea of a heartbeat in a uh, six-week-old uh, unborn child is a myth. She said, oh, right. it's not actually happening. Not it's not a real thing. Well, that's totally false. We can have a debate about abortion. We can have a debate about school curriculum. But you have to be honest about it. You And, and, and right now, so many forces on the left are not wanting to actually talk about the substance of what they're defending because they know what they're trying to defend is, in fact, indefensible. 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, <laughs> House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Scott, one of your favorites. Oh yeah, she's great. The other one of the other 150 year olds in Washington D.C. Well, she's drunk. Uh, she was asked about whether or not Joe Biden would or should seek re-election for the office of the presidency. Please tell me she said yes. Uh, well... Please tell me. She kind of tap-danced around it a little bit. Oh, all right. You want to hear this? It. All yes. right, here's Nancy Pelosi today. I'm, I'm, I'm President Biden oh, is the President of the United States. Yes. He did a great service to our country. He defeated... No. Donald Trump. Let's not forget that. If you care about the air we breathe, the water we drink, the education of our children, jobs for our, our, um, their families, pensions for their seniors, any subject you can name. I'm, I'm not going into politics about whether the president should, uh, should run or not. Yeah, because Donald Trump wanted to make sure that you didn't breathe. <laughs> That's what, yeah, I guess the only accomplishment, you know yeah. what, you, you ask me all the time. When the subject of Joe Biden comes up, Scott, you always yeah. ask me, name one metric where Joe Biden has been a success. One. Yeah, well, I, I say that all the time. I mean, I, actually, I, I'm being totally honest when I say that. Which one? From a certain point of view, if yeah. you thought Donald Trump was a great threat to the republic, that goes in the win column. Because he, he, oh. he made sure Donald Trump did not win re-election. So that, okay, everything else is a failure, but I yeah, guess I, okay, I can give you that one. Okay, I'll give you if that. That's one. it. You yeah. know, according to Nancy yeah. Pelosi, that's that was the great service. That's that he did all for there him. is, right? That's it, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. So it could have been a lawnmower, inanimate object, a lampshade. <laughs> I mean, as long as you beat Donald Trump, it didn't matter, right? <laughs> Look, lawnmower twenty twenty four would be better than Biden twenty twenty four. Yeah, okay? he's not running again. No, I, I there's I, no way. I think he's probably on the way out. I, I don't know if it'll be right after the midterm. Or, or are you are you serious year. when you say that? I mean, you think after the midterms he might? Yeah, yeah, we have. He might just on say, "I don't want." I, I know we do, yeah. but I mean, I, wow. What I what I think will eventually happen, uh, you know, if he does not serve his full term, I think probably after the midterms, if it's as brutal as as a lot of people think it's going to be for Democrats, I think probably after the midterms, somebody's going to have the the talk with Joe. And maybe it'll be around Christmas time. He does an address to the nation and says, boy, I just had a physical and uh, boy, it turns out I've got dementia and I'm going to have to step down. And then they're going to ride, you know, Kamala Harris into 2024 just to see how it works. That gives her a little bit of lead up if she's going to run for president in 2024 or it'll give the Democratic Party machine that is responsible for Joe Biden becoming president. Uh, it'll give them time to find somebody who isn't a socialist or a complete loser. Um, so, in other words, that gives them a couple of years to get Gavin Newsom ready for prime time. Yeah, because, I mean, golly, two years of Mamala? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we won't survive it. Oh, I think we'll be fine. Okay, all right. I think, I think America is stronger than Kamala Harris. 
I and I've said this before, and I'll, I'll just game this out. I think Kamala Harris because every time you hear her speak, you know she's in over her head. She knows oh, yeah. she's in over her head, and I think that she will be completely paralyzed by fear of that office because she realizes now, oh my gosh, I'm not good at this. I was not ready for this. I could have been a senator for the rest of my life. I could have been a senator until I was 85. But I decided to chase the power, and now you get there and you realize, oh my gosh. I mean, dude, uh, just to just to recap, a new interview with Vice News. Here's Kamala Harris talking about uh, if she could understand the frustration of the border crisis, and she is just lost. It's not a monolith. There are very there there are a variety of components to this. One is the fact that under the previous administration, they decimated a system that was designed to address immigration. And so we have been spending in the last 18 months we've been in office spending a an incredible amount of time and work and resources to reconstruct that system. I'm in charge for example of 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 coordinating a what we call a root causes strategy. What are the causes of people leaving? Um we have now raised 3.2 billion dollars. There we go. to help the folks in those countries stay. And, I, and I've said before that based on the current body of work as vice president of the United States, I think Kamala would be completely cornered and the administration would be neutered for two years, which to me is better than what we have with Joe Biden. Well, I mean, if we were to believe Ron Klain is really the guy behind everything yeah. anyway, I suppose he'd just shift gears. Oh, I think he's out of the picture. Because there, there is not a lot of love between the Kamala camp and the Joe Biden camp. I think Ron Klain's out of the picture. I think a lot of the toxic personalities who are around Joe Biden are gone. If okay, Kamala let me ask you this. What about the big O? Is he still lurking around the corner? Oh, probably. If, if it's Mamala? Yeah. I think probably, but maybe not, not quite as much. I, I honestly do believe it's kind of like we'll, we'll just keep the lights on. They'll let her go out and do some events. But, you know, it's it's... At that point, it would be all eyes on 2024, what happens. Because they know it's not going to be Kamala. No. But it can't be. No. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I am, and I've been here since the Afghanistan withdrawal. If you've, if you've been listening that long, well, one, thank you for listening that long. But, but you know, it's like at that point, I thought I'd rather have Kamala Harris as president. I think she would do less oh, yeah. damage than, than Joe Biden. Uh, just because she'd be cowering in fear of the of the size and scope of what that office means, she can't handle it, and so it would really be just on autopilot for a while, which is better than an actual menace like Joe Biden and the crew he has going around. So anyway, we'll see. Man, we'll see. It's all, all right. theoretical. Yeah. Who knows? You know, we could be here it in twenty twenty four, and Joe Biden is running for reelection. I we don't know. <sighs> Gosh. I can't see it, but whatever. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates again, making it more expensive to borrow money. And so basically what they want to do is instead of uh, going Thelma and Louise with the economy, they want to try to make sure that the economy gets driven into a ditch. So it's, that's what they call a soft landing. It still means you might snap your collarbone, but at least you won't explode and 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 become you know just a charcoal briquette 
What's your take on Jerome Powell, by the way? I, uh, you know, uh, honestly, I'm not in the weeds enough on what they. Yeah, I'm not either. Really but I, age. I think, you know, they say the Fed is supposed to be this independent body that's not totally politically driven. I don't believe that for a second. You know, I think you're. He's in a. He's in a tough spot because you know what are you supposed to do? He's doing the one thing he thinks that will work. Which is I feel like interest. he tells the truth more than most people from that political side. Well, a little bit, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I feel, I feel like he he deals with the bad news without trying to sugarcoat too much. Oh anyway. yeah, I mean, we can do compare and contrast. This is what Jerome Powell said yesterday. People are seeing yeah. their wage increases. Their their wage increases eaten up by inflation. So if your you, your family is one where you spend most of your paycheck, every paycheck cycle, on gas, food, transportation, clothing, basics of life, and prices go up the way they've been going up, you're in trouble right away. Yeah. You, you don't have a cushion, and this is very painful for people at the lower end of the income and wealth spectrum. So that's what we're hearing from people is, you know, it, it very much that inflation is really hurting. Yeah. And and to your point, he's the only guy even closely associated with the White House who has actually said that, mm-hmm, who has really right. noted that, because Joe Biden's out there saying wages are up, even though they're being wiped out and then some by inflation. And they've been lying about it the entire way. Here's the handy little montage if you need the refresher. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. If you take out beef, pork, and poultry, we've actually <laughs> seen in, uh, price increases that are more in line with uh, historical norm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, that was last year. Brian Deese. Yeah, that's an all-timer, though. That yeah. really is an all-timer. If that's you take out the things that people eat... Grocery prices are pretty much in line with historical yeah, trends. Exactly. Yeah, marshmallows haven't gone up. Right. You know, except now they yeah. have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, he can't we say also that believe now. it will be temporary and not long lasting. In July, you said inflation was going to be temporary. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. The fact that people have jobs always contributes to increase in inflation. It's confusing. This is a consequence of having an effective strategy against the pandemic. So the present economic plan, as we see it, is working. Well, the, uh, I think this is an aberration. There is a price to pay for democracy. Right. There is a price to pay for democracy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and Says even, the person at the end of the bar even closing as, time. Yeah. That <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> always sounds that way to me. Uh, I know I may not be a looker, but yeah. it's closing time, and yeah. you got some slim pickings over here, and that's There's the price, price of democracy, my democracy. Yeah, <laughs> here's my hotel key card. Yeah, there you, you go. You got a cigarette I could bum, man. <laughs> but even on Sunday's uh, 60 Minutes, I mean, Joe Biden was lying about the economy. I mean, here's that if you missed it. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch. Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're like, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. Right. So to your point, at least Jerome Powell, the, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, the at least, Fed chair, yeah. is acknowledging that the sky is in fact blue. R- right. Yeah. He's saying, you know, those raises you got are eclipsed by the amount of inflation. Yeah, 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 I mean, they're, they're it's, it sucks, but that's what's happening. Yeah. All right, uh, we got more to get to, uh, including... I, I want to get something fun out of the way here uh, coming up. It's Iron Maiden reimagined as a Dire Straits song. Oh, wow. You need to hear this. Okay, we'll, and all right. of course, we'll have a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. I just saw something astounding, Scott. Okay. So What's that, man? We, we've covered this week the tragic story out of North Dakota. We don't have all the details just yet, but here's how things stand as of now. Okay. Year old, yeah, I know this story. Yeah. This mm-hmm. 18-year-old named Kaylor Ellingson was at a party in North Dakota. Uh, in uh, Foster County. Uh, and after the party, a 41-year-old named Shannon Brandt ran him over and killed him with his car. Now, Brandt called 911 and said uh, something to the effect of he was defending himself and he was afraid of extremist Republicans. Used those words, apparently. Mm, well, just said like Joe, you ran, mean. Right. Ran over yeah. an 18-year-old because he yeah. was a, uh extremist Republican. Mm-hmm. So while we're waiting for these details, a lot of us have been wondering when exactly is national media going to be paying attention to this? Because if the roles were reversed, oh. absolutely, this would be the, the the just the number one story in the country right now. Well, it would be because of the rhetoric, right? It would be well, this is these MAGA Republicans. This Joe is what happens, was right? You know, they oh. say these things, and you know, you the people who uh, got a screw loose, they'll they'll you know they'll yeah. do terrible things now. Of course not. They don't. I haven't heard nothing about this, by the way. Now, CBS News actually does have an article. Oh, well, hey, what uh, do you know about now, that? It, it, now, the AP because the Associated Press ran a story on it, so I, they kind of rewrote the Associated Press copy a little bit. I want to just read this for you and, and tell me if you can uh, spot what has been conveniently left out. <laughs> Here we go. A driver charged with fatally striking a teenager in North Dakota allegedly told investigators he purposely hit the teen with his SUV after they had a political argument. Kaylor Ellington, 18, was struck and killed following a street dance in McHenry early Sunday. The driver accused of striking Ellington in an alley, Shannon Brandt, 41, is charged in Foster County with vehicular homicide and leaving the scene of an accident that resulted in death. Jail records where Brandt was being held show he posted a $50,000 bond Tuesday and released. Brandt told investigators he left the scene after striking Ellington, returned briefly, called 911, and then left again. The court document said Brandt told investigators he had been drinking alcohol before striking Ellingson and thought the teen was calling people to do him harm after they argued and that he felt threatened. Ellingson was uh, rushed to a hospital in Carrington where he was pronounced dead. Dead. Investigators arrested Brandt, yada, yada, yada. Notice, nowhere in this story does it say he killed the kid because he thought he was an extremist Republican. That's right. They just boil it Nowhere. down. Well, that was a political argument. You know how those things get out of hand, right? No, it's, that's it, unbelievable. It's another example of of what they do. Yeah, there's no such thing as media. I mean, bias. and nobody's nobody's claiming Joe Biden's rhetoric caused it. Oh, I am. Yeah, I am. Well, I am too. But what I'm saying is, you, you don't hear it anywhere. No, I, that Joe Biden's up there telling half of America that they're mega Republicans yeah. and they're a threat to democracy and blah 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 over and over again. Yeah. I, I think probably five years ago, and I'd like to return to this mindset, I wouldn't have blamed Joe Biden, but considering we went through oh, several years well, yeah, exactly. of, of a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump was sending secret coded messages and hand signals to white supremacist right. organizations, and I mean, there was the newspaper office that got shot up, and they blamed Donald Trump for it, even though Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. 
Mm-hmm. There was a uh, city or a county official in Las Vegas who's under indictment for murdering an investigative journalist. He's a Democrat, and yet still, some media are trying to blame Donald Trump for that. Nothing, right? So now you know what. If that's the game you want to play, uh, yeah, Joe Biden is directly responsible no, for this eighteen-year-old kid getting mowed down in an alley. I mean, I, if that's if that's Joe how Biden you said play, those those mega Republicans, the d- extremists. Uh, that are going to uh, kill our democracy. Yeah, are a danger. Yeah, the number one danger. So, so yeah. I mean, I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, yes, Joe Biden has direct responsibility. If the left wants, yeah, if we to want to play off, that game, let's let's play it. Yeah, and, I agree. and Bernie Sanders is directly responsible for that guy trying to murder a bunch of Republicans at a baseball practice. A Absolutely, no doubt about um, it. Bernie Sanders has blood on his hands. Yep. And you know what? Every single Democrat in Congress and in media is responsible for a dude with a gun showing up outside of a Supreme Court justice's home. Yes. With a plan to kill the Supreme Court justice, Brett Kavanaugh. Every single one of them is responsible for that. Mm-hmm. That's the game they've decided to play. And so I say, you know what? Play along. All right? Yeah. You, anyway. you, I've opened the rule book. Here they are. Yep. yep. Uh, oh, man. I'm. Sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant because I was just shocked by the fact that CBS News didn't. We, we anyway, we'll we'll have to get to this Iron Maiden song also. Oh yeah, trifecta that, yeah. coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day so far. I mean, pick your poison here. I I, I think, and I know you're going to have it in the trifecta coming up in a few minutes. One of the biggest stories is Stacey Abrams, the Democrat running for governor oh, in the state gosh. of Georgia. Oh, my God. Stunningly dumb. Yeah. She says it's a myth that a baby in utero at six weeks has a heartbeat. She says you're putting words in her mouth. No, we'll play you the actual words that came out of her mouth. Yeah, Yeah, we got it for you. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks in utero. All right. we'll, we'll, We'll try to dissect that with the trifecta and a news update straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Have you seen this crazy story out of the University of Utah? So I've not. So this 21-year-old student has been arrested now after she allegedly threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor on campus if the school's football team lost its game against San Diego State on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Apparently, she had posted on social media that she would detonate the nuclear reactor that is located in the University of Utah, causing mass destruction. And so they have arrested her uh, for making a threat of terrorism. Now, there is a nuclear reactor on campus. It's not totally unusual for the nuclear engineering programs. They actually couldn't do anything. You really couldn't blow up the campus with them. But still, I mean, hey... It's quite a threat. To me, I just think I just think it's only in Joe Biden's America could you be arrested for wanting to support your football team. 
Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and Donald Trump is responsible for this. Right. His rhetoric. Well, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, now the good news is, uh, you know, Utah won thirty-five to seven. So <sighs> go Utah. That bullet. You know? Wow, Ooh, buddy. Who <laughs> yeah. knew? Man, could have been nuked. <laughs> could, could have been. Uh, I mentioned this uh, just as a palate cleanser here. Uh, a guitarist from the Netherlands named Laszlo Buring reimagined Iron Maiden's classic hit, The Trooper. As we if, play that on our bumper music from yes, time we, to time. Yeah, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, he reimagined it as if it were written by Dire Straits. Oh, gosh, someone okay. who loves Maiden and hates Dire Straits. I was very interested in hearing this. But here, before we get to your big trifecta, the top three stories. Yeah, well, let's roll, roll it let's out. Just play yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. But it does sound too much like Dire Straits, and Mark Knopfler's a horrible human being who should oh, pay for his sins. Gosh dang. Yeah. All right. Good people. I, have, I like some of their stuff. I do. He's the book of life. I know. I know. I know. You and Markley, I, I get ganged up on, on that one. No, no. Terrible. I stay out of it. Yeah. No. Good uh, people don't write songs like that. All right. Let, are you ready for your trifecta? All right. Let, let, Harry doesn't go. mind. Are you <laughs> he ready? doesn't make the scene. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta! Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, it's the trifecta. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Usually we have Casey Kasem along, yeah. but he, he vacations with Jamie. It's a weird setup that they have. It is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, okay, so start off with number three because we count them down three to one. Uh, Stacey Abrams doesn't think unborn babies have heartbeats. That's right. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, that's insanity. Well, of course it is. Stacey Abrams told some serious lies over the years, but she has never, never admitted uh, she lost the last time for governor. So this is a one in a million that she tells anyway. But she's with a group of people, and the abortion issue comes up. And Stacey wants you to know that not only is she a great sci- is a great writer. And a great politician, but also a fantastic scientist. Yeah. She's got this figured out. You cannot hear the baby's heartbeat after six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, Did you know that? Right, David, now you've heard a baby's heartbeat after I, six I have, weeks. I so. yeah. Yeah, no, so, well, you didn't really. No, you, you, no, what I you didn't. heard was a fake. Okay, here no, we here's go. Here's Stacey Abrams. There yeah. is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sample designed to convince people that men have the right to take it, it, Man again. So, so the idea that you're yep. hearing blood pump and all of that. Mm, no, now, th- this is something that that pro-abortion activists love to to trot out there. And right now, there's this big back and forth with the fact checkers saying, "Well, actually, that's it's not a heartbeat. What it's called is cardiac activity." Okay. <laughs> I mean, Whatever. Are you yeah. actually hearing a heartbeat? Well, you can see it. By definition, what is cardiac activity? Right. What What does cardiac mean exactly? Heart. Yeah, and I I remember seeing it. it was one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen in my life when my when my wife was pregnant with our first child, 
and we went in and you know the 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 nurses and the and the doctor they were saying well we may not be able to detect a heartbeat but we can go ahead and try if you want and sure enough we see this little heartbeat we see this rhythmic mm-hmm. pulse that's happening yes. right now uh and or that was happening at the time i guess and it was one of the most incredible things i'd ever seen well it's a rhythmic pulse it isn't a heartbeat right? I mean, a simple Google search would have bore that out. Yeah. Stacy, you dope. I don't think she cares because she's with an audience of people. That's what they want to hear. They want to <laughs> hear her say that, and they approve of her saying that, and they applaud <laughs> of her saying that. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. <laughs> it simply doesn't matter. I, I, I like the idea, though, that, that, that she really thinks there was this group of men who came up with the notion that you can detect a heartbeat in a six-week-old child in, in, in utero. You can actually detect a heartbeat uh-huh. with an unborn child. And she actually thinks it's a conspiracy theory for men to control bodies. Now, my right. wife's OBGYN, uh, the nurses that were there, they were all women. And when we saw what we saw on the screen, you know what they all called it? They called it a freaking heartbeat. No! How wrong could was. you be? Nobody consulted Dr. Stacey Abrams on that? Uh, right, yeah. Well, actually, it's just cardiac activity. Uh, there, was a doctor, there was a doctor that followed up on, on, uh, with a tweet. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, Dr., or Stacey Abrams, if you wish to be educated, I'd be more than happy to show you the actual heartbeat of a six-week-old fetus. It's not an imaginary thing, no matter how much you want it to be. Right. There you go. That that's what the pro-abortion side does all the time, though. It's that's why they say it's not a baby; it's a clump of cells. It's it's all about dehumanizing the unborn to make to make it, quite frankly, less nauseating to support terminating that life. And hey, is Twitter going to deplatform her now because that is scientific misinformation? It sure is. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want, but that's a heartbeat. Yeah, well, again, it's scientific misinformation. That is punishable <laughs> it, it sure in is. this country. Yeah, but I, I don't know, what is it? Is like there's just a bunch of men sitting around a, a soundboard like Dr. Dre trying to mix yeah. in the heartbeat to try to trick yeah. women into not having right. abortions? Like, that's, that's, that's actually ludicrous. They're rubbing their hands together. Right. Yes, okay, let's get... Can, can you can you trim the gain a little bit there on the yeah, on the heartbeat? I think it's coming across a little too strong. Yeah. All right, bring up the gate. Bring up the gate effect. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Uh, all right. It's the trifecta with Scott Robbins. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott. Uh, number two, uh, headline from the Tennessean newspaper. You say this oh, is hilarious. Gosh, uh, Matt Walsh. You know, you know about Matt Walsh. We played the clips yesterday of uh, what he did. He went undercover into the Clinic of Transgender Health at Vanderbilt University, the medical center there. And he tweeted this out. My team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt in Nashville. Vanderbilt drugs chemically castrates and performs double mastectomies on minors. But it gets worse. Here's what we found. Let's start at the beginning. And that was the start of his his documentary approach that he has to this. Well, the Tennessean has a health care reporter named Frank Gluck. Frank Gluck tweeted this out. Vanderbilt clarifies gender-affirming care policies and conservatives attack! <laughs> These people, you know, the, seriously. Uh-huh. They're denying social media claims that employees were punished for objecting to gender-affirming surgery. That was one of the clips we saw 
of one of the doctors saying, hey, you don't want to do this. Take a walk. We don't want you in your Christian nonsense here. Right. We got dough coming in, man. You can't if you don't want to do these gender affirming surgeries. Well, you time to leave now. A number of Republican politicians and religious leaders posted on Twitter Tuesday and Wednesday to criticize Vanderbilt, one of the nation's leading health care centers, and called for investigations and new legislation banning gender affirming treatments for minors. They weren't social media claims. Right, they, they've was, got the receipts, idiots. They have the tapes. Yeah, it, it actually. Yeah, yeah. When when you have people speaking about it, and you have video, yes. and written evidence, documentary evidence about it, that's not social media claims. That's actually, no, it's not. But that, they, but they do this all the time. Media and and, and left leaning media, at least, they do this all the time. They they look at something like libs of TikTok, which all it does is take TikTok videos of crazy people and puts it out on Twitter. Yeah. And, and now what she does is also uh, find podcasts hosted by doctors at major medical centers by you know different physicians about trans surgeries and whatnot. And mm-hmm. all she does is post what people said, what they literally said. Yeah. The hospital systems, and in light of Matt Walsh's uh, new report... Uh, like Vandy have decided to you know scrub all evidence of it online because they don't they don't like the heat that they're getting, but they never really refute it. They never say, no. "Oh, he made it up." What happens though is media reporters who are sympathetic to the cause who just instinctively believe I need to protect this institution right. and what it's doing because well, if somebody like Matt Walsh or some other conservatives out there criticizing it, obviously it's a good thing for society. So their default position is always to defend it, and they just lie. They say, oh, well, this is a social media rumor or social media report, yada, yada, yada. Uh, And they don't actually care about the substance here. Well, they've got tape of of, uh, a person that works for them calling the hospitals. Yeah. Hi, I'm 15. Uh, I'd like to have this. Can you do this? Well, yeah, we can do that. Oh, sure we can. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. Absolutely. It's the trifecta, top three stories today. Count them down three to one with Scott mm-hmm. Robbins. Uh, number one, Al Gore thinks the world is still going to end at some point. Yeah, um, a little breaking news from Reuters. We're not sure where they picked this up. Uh, they don't mention a climate conference or anything similar. Only that Al Gore has told Reuters, so we're guessing Gore's Generation Investment Management Company. Did you know he had one of those? Of course you did. Right. In a press release, letting them know the world right now, David, as we speak at this moment, is at a tipping point for climate action. If we don't act now, the planet will become uninhabitable sometime after he's dead. And he won't be around to ridicule, but he wants to ridicule now to stop it from happening for future generations. So he's put that back out there. And I felt like when I read this the other day, it doesn't surprise me that's what he's saying because he makes money off of it. Um, but what it does suggest is that I got into a time machine and somehow went back to 2006. <laughs> Remember that? The doom and gloom from Al Gore? Oh, yeah. I think Miami so Al- was supposed to be underwater by now. Submerged, absolutely. Yeah. Al Gore really wants you to invest in uh, his carbon credits so he can buy another oceanfront property because, you know, after all, that's what Al Gore does. Uh-huh. These guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've been screaming this stuff for decades now. Yeah. The glaciers are all going to melt and we're all going to drown. Yes. That was another one. Uh, climate yeah. change is a big issue for the planet. Uh, 
and I want to get in my jet and fly somewhere with Greta Thunberg, Al Gore, and buy my book and watch my movie. (laughs) It's happening any day now, the apocalypse. (laughs) All right, we got Nimrods in the news coming up, also a news update. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. He'll be back on Monday. Thank you so much for being here. Scott, I just want to revisit probably my favorite audio of the day. Okay. Uh, and it, it, it's Rashida Tlaib, one of the far left oh, members of the Democratic Party. What a great mind she has. Yeah, in the wow. House of Representatives. She was grilling a bunch of big bank meanies about their investments in fossil fuels. Saying and wanted to know if they would stop investing in fossil fuel production projects like today, like right I now. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Just, I like this because th- these guys are are not exactly garden variety dopes. Okay, uh, no, they're not. No, and, they're they're pretty smart guys. Yeah, and they've they're dealt with imbeciles like her before. So. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, uh, the first guy to answer the question it's Jamie Dimon with J.P. Morgan Chase. <laughs> yeah. And he was over it. You could tell he was oh, yeah. not in the freaking mood for this. All right, here's the audio. Do you know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our goal, global 2015 net zero targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius? So no new fossil fuel production starting today. That's, so that's like zero. Well, I would like to ask all of you and go down the list, because, again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? Mr. Diamond. Absolutely not. And that would be the road to hell for America. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And then she goes back at him and blames him for student loan debt, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Tells people who have student loan debt to uh, cancel their Chase accounts. Right. If they, okay. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people will get right on that. And they actually. Well, if you have debt, you can't just cancel the account. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you know what? Dang, I shouldn't have thought of that, man. Yeah. I got a mortgage. Uh, I'm going to call up the bank and say, you know what? But I don't like where you are on fossil fuels. I'm not paying my mortgage anymore. I'm just going to cancel it. There I'm you just going to cancel my account. Yeah, that'll yeah. show you. Yeah. Can I stay with you for a while, Scott? <laughs> yeah, and they're going to go, okay, we're sorry. We'll cancel it. Yeah, yeah. This is really where you see a Knuckle lifetime head. of not doing anything to anything. To, You're uh, right. anything of value to society. That's really right. catches up to you, doesn't yep. it? All right, it's time for Nimrods. I know it feels like we already did it, but here we go. <laughs> I'm kidding. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. 
Uh, Nimrod's in the news. A little palate cleanser here. Uh, this, well, we go to Seattle. I saw this on Como News. Uh, a woman stole a Mini Cooper, and she blew through some barricades trying to get away. The problem is, the reason the roadblock was there is because there was fresh cement. And we're not oh. talking a couple of inches of sidewalk oh. cement. It looks like it's a foot deep. So the Mini Cooper oh. got stuck in it. <laughs> Police caught up with her and, yeah, arrested her. And that's Nimrod in the news.